And good morning again, Sound Gospel Radio, and praise the Lord. We are back here at 7 a.m. for our morning session that we do on Mondays and Thursdays. What is that called? A fresh wind. Yes, a fresh wind. A fresh wind. Listen, we have a lot to share this morning, but I just feel led to just shift real quick. I just want to share this scripture. This is not what I want to talk about today, but somebody needed to hear this scripture today. And the Bible comes from Psalms 121. It says, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Oh, I thank him for making heaven and earth. He would not suffer that foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee would not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day. Glory to your name, Jesus, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you. You are listening who this scripture is for. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I need you to know today that your help, all of your help, your help comes from the Lord. Everything you need from God, it comes from the Lord. And before I get into a fresh wind, I want to share this song that your help comes from the Lord. Your help comes from the Lord. to share that just let you know that your help all of your help your help comes from the lord lord hallelujah your help comes from the lord we thank him because his help comes from the lord out of our help your help her help his help my help our help 
all of our help comes from the Lord. And we thank him this morning for his help. He is the keeper and he is the shade upon our right hand. That was Psalms 121. And I just thank God for all that he's doing in our lives. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for reminding us that all of our help comes from you. And we appreciate the Lord today. Listen, y'all, we've been reading and talking about a purpose-driven life. This book club has been amazing. And this week will be the last week of book club before we start up another one in probably about a month or so. Uh, we agreed that we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and start a book club again. So if you missed this book club, you want to be a part of the next one, we will make the sign-up sheet available in the near future and we will be announcing it and uh, publicizing it on our social media platforms so that you can be a part of the book club. So on Thursday, on Thursday, we left off at um, chapter, I think it was 31, 32. Yes, we left off at chapter 33. Amen. We left off at chapter 33. And so we're going to pick up at chapter 34, Purpose Driven Life by Pastor Rick Warren. And it definitely has been a blessing to many of us. It's been beating us up, tearing us up having us in tears, having us in thinking, having us uh, not wanting to admit some stuff or tell you the word of God will search you and dig deep. Amen. <laughs> it's the truth. So chapter 34 talks about uh, thinking like a servant and service starts in your mind. When we become a servant to be a servant, hallelujah, it requires a mental shift. To be a servant, it requires a mental shift, a change in your attitudes. That's the truth. It ain't always easy. It's the truth. God is always more interested in why we do something than in what we do. Ooh, did you know that? Did you know that people of God? He's more interested in why we do something than in what we do. Because listen here, according to God, attitudes count more than achievements. Mm. Okay. All right. Servants think more about others than themselves. If you consider yourself a servant, then you already know you're a good servant. If you think more about others than yourselves, you're more concerned about everyone else than yourself. Servants focus on others, not themselves. This is true humility, not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. I'll say it again, not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. They are self-forgetful. Wow, this is what it means to lose your life, forgetting yourself in service to others. When we stop focusing on our own needs, we become aware of the needs around us. But here's the unfortunate thing. Unfortunately, a lot of our service is often self-serving. So we serve to get others to like us. And that's a shame if that happens. We serve to be admired and to get others to like us or to achieve our own goal. And I want you to know today, Sound Gospel Radio, that is manipulation, not ministry. I'm just reading the book. I'm just reading the book. That's manipulation, not ministry. Servants think like stewards. Stewards and not owners. Servants, they remember that God owns it all. Wow. Okay. Servants think about their work, not what others are doing. They don't compare, criticize, or compete with other servants or ministries. They're too busy doing the work that God had given them. Competition between God's servants is illogical for many reasons. We're, we're, we're all on the same team, people of God. 
And our goal is to make God look good, not ourselves. <laughs> I'm just telling y'all the truth today. We've been giving. Oh my, let me say it again. We've been given different assignments and we're all uniquely shaped. Praise the Lord. There's no place for petty jealousy between servants. When you're busy serving, you don't have time to be critical. Any time spent criticizing others is time that could be spent ministering. Did you, while you're sitting there criticizing, looking at everybody else, you wasting time on ministering. Also, another tip, servants think of ministry as an opportunity, not an obligation. Wow. Fresh witness, Lord. Fresh witness. Send us a fresh wind. Servants think of ministry as an opportunity and not an obligation. They enjoy helping people, meeting needs, and doing ministry. And so sometimes, y'all, we do get burnt out if we're servants. So take time to recharge, refresh, and then get right back in the mix. Uh, there was a man named Albert Schwartzer. And he said the only really happy people are those who learned how to serve, how to serve, not just in ministry, learn how to serve your friends, your family, your loved ones. All right. Chapter 35 talks about God's power in your weakness. Well, did you know that God loves to use weak people? Because everyone has a weakness. In fact, we all have a bundle of flaws and imperfections, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual. You may also have uncontrollable circumstances that weaken you, such as financial or relational limitations. The more important issue is what you do with these people of God. Usually we deny our weaknesses Ooh, defend them, excuse them, hide them, and resent them. This prevents God from using them the way that he desires. God has different perspective on your weaknesses. He says, my thoughts and my ways are higher than yours. So he often acts in ways that are exact opposite of what we expect. We think God only wants to use our strengths, but he also wants to use our weaknesses, praise the Lord, for his glory. Very important. The Bible, y'all, is filled with examples of how God loves to use imperfect, ordinary people to do the extraordinary things in spite of their weaknesses. If God only used perfect people, nothing would ever get done because people, oh my goodness, because none of us are, are flawless. Did y'all hear me? The, the, so listen, this is what God does. God uses imperfect people, which encourages the people for his good news. Listen, a weakness or a thorn, as Paul called it, it wasn't a sin or a vice or, or character defect that you can change. Oh my goodness, let me read this again. A weakness or thorn, as Paul called it, is not a sin or a vice or a character defect that you can change, such as overeating or impatience. A weakness is any limitation that you inherited or have no power to change. It may be a physical limitation, like a handicap or a chronic illness or a naturally low energy or disability. It may be uh, an emotional limitation such as a trauma or a scar or a hurtful memory oh my goodness uh, a personality quirk yeah i know how that goes or a hereditary disposition or it may be a talent or intellectual limitation we're not all super bright or talented no we're not we're not 
So we need to get to a place where we need to understand what our weaknesses are and admit our weakness. We need to own up to the imperfection. Stop pretending that we have it all together. And we need to be honest about ourselves, people of God. Listen, be content with your weakness too. Our weaknesses also prevent arrogance. What God puts weakness parts inside of us where we don't have it all put together because I know I don't have it all put together. See, people, they look at my abilities and they say, well, Nathan, you know how to do this, 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 that, that, that. Yes, but I also do not know how to do this, 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 that, that, that. And in the things I know how to do, I still mess up. So I have some weaknesses and guess what y'all? We all have some weaknesses. We have some things that we're not strong in. We're not bright in. We're not as smart as in and our weaknesses, whether, like I said, whether it's intellectual, whether it's physical, we all have some type of weakness and our weakness also prevents arrogance. They keep us humble. Praise the Lord. They keep us humble so that we won't get a big head and a limitation. Listen, listen, God often attaches a major weakness to a major strength to keep our egos in check. A limitation can act as a governor to keep us from going too fast and running ahead of God. Wow. Wow, our weaknesses also encourage fellowship between believers while strength breeds an independent spirit where it says, I don't need anyone else. Our limitations show us how much we need each other. When we weave the weak strands of our lives together, a rope of a great, excuse me, a rope of great strength is created. Let me read that again. When we weave the weak strands of our lives together, a rope of great strength is created. I like this saying that this man said here, Vance Hanver, Vance Havner, excuse me. Vance Havner said, listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. He said, Christians, he said, quipped Christians. Let me say this. Christians are like snowflakes. They're frail, but when they stick together, ah, glory to God, they can stop traffic. I'm going to say it again. Listen, the man said Christians are like snowflakes. They are frail, but when they stick together, they could stop traffic. Listen, y'all, we all got different weaknesses, but we got different gifts. We got different talents and we can do something by ourselves, but we can do greater things with everyone else put together. It's important that we admit our weaknesses. It's important that we're content with our weaknesses, but also understand that we get together in the body of Christ to put different things that we don't do well to find, oh, oh I can't sing, but you can. Okay, well, guess what? I can play or I could do, and we put it together, we have a whole kingdom and a whole body of Christ. Did you know that your greatest life messages and your most effective ministry will come out of your deepest hurts, the things that you're most embarrassed about, the things that you may be most ashamed of and most reluctant to share are the very tools that God can use most powerfully to heal others. Well, Melissa, I'm just, I'm just reading y'all, y'all the book. I'm just going through the chapters. Listen, y'all, we made it to chapter 36 and it talks about how we are made for a mission. You are made for a mission. Believe it or not, 
You are made for a mission. Your mission, somebody say, what's our mission? Now listen, I can't read everything in the book. I'm reading some highlights, but they're not all the highlights. But you know your mission? One of the missions is a continuation of Jesus's mission on earth. Jesus told us in his word, he said, there's some things that I have done. He said, but you're gonna have to come behind me and do greater than what I've done, do greater works. And so guess what, y'all? You are the only Christian some people will ever know, and your mission is to share Jesus with them. The Bible always talks about, they says, the Bible says that we are written epistles, seen and read of men. That means we're an open book. We're, we're an open book. We're the only Bible that some people may ever see. And so again, I'll say in the book, it says you're the only Christian some people will ever know. And your mission is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to say how, as I shared with you before, there's so many different ways to share the gospel. Hey, good morning, coworker. How you doing? Listen. If it wasn't for my Lord Jesus Christ, I would not be here today. Perfect way to segue into a testimony. And there's so many other examples how we can segue into testimonies. So again, this chapter is talking about sharing our life message and knowing that God, I'm going too fast. I don't went to the next chapter. Let me go back one. This one's talking about our mission, made for a mission. We were made for a mission. And so the challenge for you people of God is to let you know that the clock is ticking. Yes, it is. The clock is ticking down on your life mission. So don't delay another day. Get started on your mission of reaching out to others now. Listen, y'all, we will have all of eternity to celebrate with those who have brought who have been brought to Jesus, but we only have a lifetime in this world to reach them. This does not mean that you should quit your job or become a full-time evangelist if the Lord hasn't called you, but God wants you, he wants me, he wants us to share the good news where you are. As a student, mother, preschool teacher, salesman, or manager, or whatever you do, y'all, you should continually look for people, uh, for people that God places in your path with whom you can share with them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, he gives you the opportunity that you can share the gospel. And I want you to know that your mission gives your life meaning. Yes, your mission gives your life meaning. There are people on this planet whom only you will be able to reach because of where you live and what God has made you to be. If just one person will be in heaven because of you, your life have already made a difference for eternity. Even if you just reach one soul, your whole life made a big difference for eternity. I gotta move on. To fulfill your mission will require that you abandon your that you abandon your agenda and accept God's agenda for your life. You can't just tack it on to all the other things that you like to do with your life. You must say, like Jesus, Father, I want your will and not mine. Mm, this is the here's the challenge. When we want to be servants of the Most High, you yield your rights, your expectations, your dreams, your plans, and ambitions to Him. You stop praying selfish prayers like, God, bless what I want to do. And instead, you begin to pray and say, God, help me to do what you're blessing. Can I say that again? Stop playing. Stop praying the selfish prayer of God, bless what I want to do. And instead, pray, 
God, help me to do what you're blessing. That's some serious right there. That that's some serious. I'm going to end here at chapter 37 because time goes by so fast, but we're talking about sharing your life message. God has given you a life message to share. When you become a believer, you also become God's messenger and God wants to speak to the world through who through you. God wants to speak through to the world through you. You have a storehouse. I have a storehouse. We all have a storehouse of experiences that God wants to use and to bring others into his family. Did you know that our own life is a testimony? Your life message includes your testimony, your testimony and what you went through and what you experienced. Your testimony is the story of how Christ made a difference in your life. Yes, it is. This is the essence of witnessing. Simply sharing your personal experiences regarding the Lord Jesus Christ is very important. I'll say this, the essence of witnessing. Now listen to this example. In a courtroom, y'all, a witness isn't expected to argue the case. They're not expected to prove the truth or press for a verdict. The, that's the job of the attorney. What is the witness job? The witness's job is to simply report what happened to them or what they saw. And Jesus told us, he said, you will be my witnesses, not you will be my attorneys. He wants you to share your story with others. I love that example. Sharing your testimony, glory to God, is an essential part of your mission on earth because it is unique. There is no other story like your story and only you can share it. Remember that there is no other story like your story and only you can share it. Speak Holy Ghost, speak Jesus, speak to me, Lord Jesus. Oh my goodness. Listen, your personal testimony is more effective than many sermons because unbelievers, they can see pastors as professional salesmen, but they will see you as a satisfied customer. So they can give you, they may many times give you more credibility all because you shared your testimony. People of God, I gotta, oh, I gotta get out of here. Your life message includes sharing your godly passions. God is a passionate God. He passionately loves some things and he passionately hates some things. Yes, he does in the word. But as we grow older and glow closer to the Lord, he will give you a passion for something he cares about deeply so that you can be a spokesperson for him in the world. It may be a passion about a problem, a purpose, a principle, or a group of people, whatever it is, you feel compelled to speak up about it and you do what you need to do to make a difference. God uses passionate people to further his kingdom. He may give you a godly passion 
for starting new churches or strengthening families or funding Bible translations or training Christian leaders. You may be given a godly passion for reaching a particular group of people with the gospel, businessmen, teenagers, foreign exchange students, young mothers, or those with particular hobbies or sports. God has different ways of using us and God has different passions so that everything he wants done in the world will get done. Isn't that amazing? He give you the passion to cook, give me the passion to sing, give her the passion to clean, give this one the passion to serve, this one the passion for mathematics, this one the passion for science, this one the passion for history, this one the passion for nursing, and the list goes on and on and on. And by our powers combined, we are completing God's mission here on earth. And we all can't do it all. So when we come together, we're doing it in the spirit of unity. So you should not expect everyone else to be passionate about your passion. That's okay. Instead, we must listen to and value each other's life message because nobody can say it all. So we never belittle someone else's godly passion. I'm just sharing the word with you today. People of God, I'm going to close here as we talk about having a purpose-driven life, I want you to know that God made you to be a member of his family, a model of his character, a magnifier of his glory, a minister of his grace, and a messenger of his good news to others. I say it again. He made you to be a member of his family, a model of his character, a magnifier of his glory and a minister of grace and a messenger of his good news. Well, listen, here's the here's the funny part of the five things I just listed. The fifth one, which is a messenger of good news to others, can only be done here on Earth. Yes, on Earth, I could be a member of his family. On earth, I could be a model of his character and a magnifier of his glory and a minister of his grace and a messenger. But guess what? All four of those things out of that five, I can do that in heaven. But the only thing I can do on earth consistently, because in heaven, everybody that made it to heaven already heard the message. So in heaven, I'll be a member of his family. I'll be a model of his character. I'll be a magnifier of his glory. I'll be a minister and a servant of his grace. But I no longer become a messenger because those in heaven are those the ones that received the message. So that's why it's so important. While we have this short time here on earth, that's why it's so important, people of God, that we get to spreading the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. You only have a short time to share your life message and fulfill your mission. Again, I know things have been different and we may not be knocking on doors like we used to. And we may not be passing out paraphernalia or tracks because there ain't nobody reading them anyway. But God has given us now different opportunities to share the gospel. Hey, we got Sound Gospel Radio. You want to share the gospel? You can call us and it, it may it be, it be a little fee. There's a little fee, but we can set you up with your own show. Hey, I want to have a show on Sound Gospel Radio because I want to share the gospel. 
Or you can call a friend and say, listen, there's a man that comes on every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. I want you to listen to him. And then maybe y'all can have a discussion about whatever we talked about on Fresh Wind. There are so many different ways to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I want to encourage you this morning that the main thing that you can do that with is through the love. Love people. Live for God. Love his people. And that through that love, hallelujah, you begin to reach more people than you ever thought. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to make the story very short. But there's a lady I worked with. She was a co-worker, a temporary co-worker. She was coming to my old job just to fulfill a spot. And all I did, people of God, was show the love of Jesus Christ to her. And it was that love that made her get saved. I heard she got saved later on. She went to her home church. She got saved. I was happy for her. I was excited for her. But when I ran into her, she said, Nathan, it was because of your love that I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Let's share some love today. Father, thank you this morning on this Monday in this February that we're moving closer towards you and we're having a purpose-driven life. Bless this Monday. And let us have a great time in you and let us be bold to share your gospel. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. People of God, you can keep it locked here. We got some great music coming your way. Again, you are listening to Sound Gospel Radio. And this is the founder, Nathan J. Hoskins. And we are building hope. We're transforming lives 24-7. Sound Gospel Radio. Stay tuned. Keep it locked.